What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, oh, great crossover. Got Fournier. <laughs> That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to the DC Crossover, episode number 55. We are back, a couple weeks off. We gave you a little teaser. A couple weeks ago, kind of uh, bringing back the show, you got to hear some content, and then we stepped aside. I had a kid. I'm barely sleeping. <laughs> I'm I'm exhausted. I'm probably got That's like not that big a news. I got obviously. five diseases flowing through me probably right now. Um, I'm on I'm on dad <laughs> mode here. I've been doing the dishes with one hand and feeding people with the other hand. But we're here. It is April Madness, um, and uh, we are back. We are back, and we've got some news. That's by the way. That's Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16 for Mike's personal Twitter account, where he gives, as I've mentioned, his hot takes. Um, he was a little fired so up hot. last so night. So burning hot. You know, I can tell <laughs> when Mike is getting some bad beats in the gambling world, because I'll wake up, um, and now keep in mind, with the kid, <laughs> with the kid now, I will be up at like weird times, because um, right. she, she sleeps for like three hour chunks, so like... You know, 3 a.m. will roll around, 
And I'll, so I'll be up for a bit because she'll be crying, and I'll, I'll check my phone. And I'll see. I'll know if Mike had a good gambling night or a bad gambling night by the text thread that we have. Because if there's all caps happening, then Mike is having a bad gambling <laughs> night. And it seemed like last night you might have had a little bad beat. Is that true? I, I, so last night I was I didn't really have a bad beat um, because I did win my free hundred dollar bet um, and that's the thing. Okay. So when I have a when I have a bet, I usually share it to our text thread with Dan, uh, another friend of ours, and basically. You know, I, I always say thoughts, and I don't really get any thoughts from anybody, so I just <laughs> I, just, I just put it in. Oh yeah, I don't and, care uh, what you're betting; it's not my money. Bet whatever you want. Uh, but I, I just I just want some uh, validation, I guess. Sure, you could say, I, you. I uh, For for spending my money in the way I do. Um, but at the same time, last night I put in. So I've been saving because I've been recruiting people to get on DraftKings Sportsbook and give me a, like free bets because they give you free cash if you refer people. Ah, okay. So I actually had um, maybe three or four people. Uh, join and I've gotten like twenty dollars, twenty five dollar free bets and no, so on and so forth. But the first person that you join or your you have join or whatever gives you a hundred dollar free bet. So I've been saving that, I've been sitting on it for a little while now. And last night I was like, you know what? I'm basically felted. I guess I got to use this bet. And I ended up doing some alternate lines and I did some other th- different things. I did not bet on March Madness yesterday because I knew there was going to be some wacky stuff going on. Um, but overall, I ended up cashing in for 200 bucks, which was nice um, with my $100 free bet. It was like a five or six team parlay. And I ended up doing well with that one. But I think the more bad beat that I had last night was because I have a separate March Madness pool. And I actually have UCLA and Baylor in my like my team, I guess you could say. Right. We drafted it like a team, like a snake draft. And obviously, this is like inside baseball here. Um, but basically, no, the people I, really want to know about your, your snake draft. They really want yeah, to know about it, your, they, your obviously, it's Everybody it's loves really to hear about other people's uh, pools. There's nothing it's that people important. enjoy more. Because I have my pool. Obviously, I have Baylor going on, so I'm happy that Baylor just crushed. Um, uh, who was it? Uh, Houston. Yeah. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy. I, I barely even watched that game, anyways, because they were up by like twenty five. Oh, blowout! Blowout! <laughs> it was crazy. So this other pool, obviously, I have. Um, we drafted teams and all that stuff out of the, the thing and uh, out of the uh, bracket, and I ended up having UCLA. I got them in like the fifth round. So like the farther your teams go, the more money you make. So if UCLA and Baylor made it to the championship, I would have cashed another two hundred. Or something like that. Uh, luckily, Baylor did make it, but uh, UCLA and I told you last night, like, why did they not call a timeout with ten seconds left? They had a timeout left, the ball, and they had the whole entire, you know, I mean, I don't know what is it, hundred people in there going crazy. They could have easily called a timeout, ran a play, and possibly got got a bucket in there to win the game. Instead, they go into overtime and they lose on like a a, a third third court shot. Bank off the buzzer. It was all, all this crazy stuff. Jalen so, Suggs, man. Uh, Future was, was, Detroit Piston right there. Yeah, that, well, that was the bad beat that I had. It wasn't really a bad beat because I still have Baylor, but at the same time, Ben is right. I usually flood our text thread. Um, like, why did this guy who averages a triple double not be, not couldn't even get six rebounds and he's seven foot tall? Like, I that's kind of the typical daily thing that I send. But I have a really good bet right now. Hopefully, the Celtics, as we are uh, recording this, win by five at least. Um, but at the same time, you know, I got a good bet in there uh, last night. I won the two hundred dollars with the hundred dollar free bet. Thank you, DraftKings. Uh, so I'm still in the race. I'm still in the race. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Oh, I'm proud of you, and everybody, <laughs> all the listeners are proud of you as well. Um, we did want to mention real quick that uh, uh, the 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 news that we teased a couple weeks ago is that Mike and I have partnered up 
um, with a group known as The Contender, um, which is going to be a new app and website where they're going to be doing 24-7 sports uh, radio and podcasts. And and right now they're kind of in a beta test mode, if you will. So uh, they're starting with Chicago and D.C. And Mike and I are one of the featured podcasts for D.C. So they're still working out the kinks, and I think they're doing a a hard launch here in the next week or so. But definitely check out thecontender.com. Uh, another local celebrity like ourselves, Bill Rowland, is going to be doing some live uh, sports talk radio on that app and the website as well. So definitely, it's just an exciting evolution of this show. Mike and I mentioned it right. um, to each other, I guess, for some of the clips that we cut for the contenders, that this show has gone through so many iterations over the years that it is pretty cool to see this being just kind of another step in that, that, hey, somebody else found us. And now we're uh, going to be, <laughs> she'll be able to hear the podcast Still in your regular avenues that you listen, you know, Apple or uh, or Google Play or wherever you listen to podcasts. But when when the contender comes around, we, we recommend you checking it out. I think it's going to be subscription service or something like that. So, you know, check it out. Maybe there'll be some bonus content for you if you go that route. If you like sports, you like Sports Talk Radio, it's a cool avenue. And you'll be able to hear us and support us through there as well. More details to come on that. But, Mike, pretty exciting stuff. We're, we've been talking with the guys over at Contender. We're going to be doing some draft. You're going to be doing some NFL draft <laughs> coverage for them uh, a little bit. Uh, so that's that's going to be fun. And, and we'll let the people know as things come up. Yeah, it's definitely something that's going to be fun for us because uh, obviously there's avenues for growth and everything of that nature when it comes to our podcast and also partnerships and uh, basically uh, sponsorships and different things of that nature that possibly may come up. But it's definitely nice to actually be recognized and uh, not be recognized by that. What was it? The one guy named name. Uh, I forgot what that guy uh, from high school who tried to get us to interview him. Right. Dil- Dil- like that, it was that like one. Dylan something. Dil- Dylan or something yeah. from Centerville or some. I don't know. Some some kid tried to get us to interview him. We were all set to get an interview and all that kind of stuff. And. He just just didn't didn't call. Ghosted. Um, <laughs> so I was it was kind of it was kind of uh, bad to see us get ghosted by a high school kid. But um, at the same time, it's definitely something that we're both excited for. We've been sitting on this news for about a month and a half now, uh, which is uh, pre- pretty big. And they're still in the works, and they have like a uh, like like Ben said, the app that might be coming up here soon. Um, which is going to be nice to have because it's a lot uh, easier access than having to go download this or do this or do this or whatever it may be. Um, so you can have all your podcasts and all that kind of stuff uh, through the app, which is going to be really nice. But they're already having some live shows and whatnot, so it's going to be really fun, and I can't wait to see uh, what kind of things come about this uh, for our podcast personally. Yeah, we'll keep you guys posted on that, obviously listening to the show and then on social media as well. Well. Let's get into our show. Break out the fudge-covered Oreos. It's time to hit the rewind button. And let's dive in to the previous week in D.C. sports. Let's start with the Washington Wizards. One and three (laughs) this week. Um, Let's start with them. (laughs) Let's start with just the depressing team here. Washington Wizards. So, started on Monday, beat the Indiana Pacers uh, this was uh, Beal has been out. Of course, I've got him for fantasy. That has not helped me. Uh, but Perfect. they did beat Indiana 132-124. Um, and Westbrook put out a, a Westbrook vintage game here. 35 points, 21 assists, 14 rebounds. Huge night for him. Uh, Tuesday, yeah, the losing. I did begins. not bet on Westbrook that night either. No, before. no. And uh, <laughs> But it's one of those things with Russ where he will pull out games like this and make you go, man, I love West- Russell Westbrook. And then he'll have two games where he's shooting, 
you know, 15-footers that are clanking off the top of the backboard. So mm-hmm. you, you never know what you're going to get out of him. Tuesday, lost to Charlotte, 114-104. Rui Hachimura, one of the bright spots. We'll talk more about him in our Wizards segment later, but he had 30 points. Uh, Russ, another triple-double, but Hornets shot the lights out. They got the dub. Thursday, lost to my Detroit Pistons, 120-91. This was a battle of draft placements. Um, <laughs> Russ had another triple-double, um, but no Beal still, and uh, this game was kind of done at half. I mean, it was really Pistons kind of ran away with this thing. And then Saturday, uh, yesterday as we were recording this on a Sunday, lost to the Mavs, 109-87. This was actually kind of a close game for a bit. Um, I was following it, the score... And I was like, all right, Wiz have a chance here. And then the Mavs just really kind of pulled away late in this game. Uh, Wizards stunk it up from outside, 5 for 25. So 1 and 3 for the Washington Wizards this week. Let's move on to the La Capitals. The La Capitals. Is that how they say it? Um, anyways, no, probably uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly they went not. 2 and 2 this week. <laughs> 2 and 2 this week. Tuesday, they lost to the Rangers 5 to 2 after leading the game 2 to nothing in the first period and then 2 to 1 lead heading into the third, allowing the Rangers to score four straight in the final period and that broke a three-game win streak. But overall, they ended up losing again to the Islanders on Thursday 8 to 4. Now that was just a complete you know, I don't even know what you want to call that. They ended up getting outplayed by Barry Trotz and company. Matthew Barzal tallies five points for the Isles in that game, three goals and two assists in the win as the Isles try to keep pace with the Washington Capitals, who lead the Mass Mutual East. They're only about, uh, I think they're actually even now, possibly. I got to see the uh, standings again, obviously, with the win today on Sunday where we were recording. Uh, but overall, they were right there with the Caps, uh, playing one more game than the Caps have, actually. Friday, they beat the Devils again, like always, 2-1 to one in overtime. Mackenzie Blackwood of the New Jersey Devils had 38 saves against the Caps as they were just firing shots left and right, but needed one more to keep the Devils from losing as Dmitry Orlov shot a rocket wrister over the blocker to keep the undefeated streak against the Devils alive. And the undefeated streak is still alive against the New Jersey Devils. Sunday beating here the uh, New Jersey Devils 5-4. to four. Devils dominated in shots just like the Caps dominated in shots on Friday. But the Caps still come through with OV tallying three more points with one goal and two assists. Now on to the Washington Nationals who I guess <laughs> are trying to play at some point. Yeah, huge news for the Nats this week. I mean, opening day. So here's the thing. I had my opening day all set and planned ready to go. It was like, all right, the Tigers play at 1.00. Uh, the Nats played at si- play at seven. I'm on paternity leave, so I can watch all these games without even having to pretend to be working. And I had uh, the schedule ready to go. And then you you hear COVID has struck the Washington Nationals again. They get the whole opening series. Keep in mind, this was going to be Scherzer to Grom ESPN game on opening night, and they blew it. So uh, oh, the series got moved, and and then the question came: All right, are they going to be able to play the Braves on Monday? Apparently not. We'll talk more about that later, but it seems like the games have been at least moved to Tuesday at this point. So everybody else getting to play some baseball. The Nats, you have yet to do so. Um, (laughs) So not much to touch on there, but let's finish up with WFT, the Washington football team. The Washington football team has signed a few different people since the last time we recorded as Ben was having a baby. Uh, they have signed QB Ryan Fitzmagic from Miami with a one-year contract. That's going to be nice. He's going to be the starter in Washington for at least this year. 
uh, and to see if he's going to be the bridge to a new player that we might get in free agency or in the draft for next season. Uh, but we shall see what happens. I don't think they're going to be moving up in the draft, so we shall see what happens. But they also got some wide receiver help with Curtis Samuel from Carolina, Ron Rivera's old stomping grounds, a three-year contract for him to play alongside Terry McLaurin, and they also got some defensive back help with the loss of Ronald Darby. They pick up William Jackson, the obvious cornerback uh, of the future, I guess you could say, for this team, possibly a uh, three-year contract from Cincinnati. Uh, really big signing for them. He was prospect, or not, I should say prospect. He was actually leading the uh, free agents in rankings for defensive backs. William Jackson from Seattle, Cincinnati. Can't, can't even say it right now. Three-year contracts. A lot of C's on my paper here. <laughs> uh, and they're still in the top ten for cap space, which is actually really good for the rebuilding process to come along. All right, that is your rewind. Just in case you missed some things throughout the week, your boys gotcha. Um, and we will head into the crossover in a moment. But again, the Washington football team stuff, as we get closer to the draft, we'll be doing some kind of pre-draft coverage and, and talking about some of the possible draft picks and things like that. So uh, those Washington football team fans, stay tuned. We will get you some of that coverage. But for right now, we're going to talk about the teams that are playing meaningful games right now. And that starts with the Washington, the Washington Wizards. All right, your Washington Wizards, as we mentioned, a <laughs> laughing stock of the league. Keep in mind, the, the crazy thing with the Wizards is there was so much hype about this team heading into the All-Star break. I mean, team, even the broadcasters at the All-Star game were talking about, because when Beal was playing, they were saying, like, Wizards red hot heading in, you know, coming off of the All-Star break. They should be able to really maybe do a second-half effort and we were talking maybe a top eight seed or things like that. I mean, they have been horrible um, since coming back from the All-Star break. And now you've got the best player, Bradley Beal, being out. So 17-31 and 31 right now, 12th in the East. Again, 10 teams making the playoffs this year. So the Wizards are still kind of on the cusp of that. And I, I didn't want to talk about a whole lot this, this segment, but I did want to kind of get into, like, for the people at home that maybe are either – we're watching the Wizards and then have given up on them. Um, or people that were like, haven't really watched the Wizards at all, and they're really kind of not planning on it. Let's give them a reason to at least, if, if you got nothing else going on, turn on the TV over to the terrible broadcast. You got to have to mute the TV. <laughs> Let's be honest, Mike. You're going to have to mute the TV because oh, yeah. uh, Kutcher and, uh, and Gooden are some of the worst broadcasters you'll ever hear. <laughs> my, one of my favorite things on Twitter is is hearing is is not not hearing is seeing the tweets about that broadcast crew like every game. They're so bad. They're so bad, Mike. I mean, you and I we were gifted with Steve Buckhans and Phil Chenier for so many years. Mm -hmm. We took them for granted, I feel like. Yeah, and then Phil Chenier obviously left and then they put uh what was what was her name? Kara Lawson. Yeah, Carol Lawson. And I'm not a really big Carol Lawson fan in general, but at the same time, they put her on the broadcast for a year, and then she left to go get a coaching gig. And it's like, then they said, "Oh, Steve, uh, you know, kick rocks." And then you're, everyone was like, "Wait, what?" And he was like trending on Twitter because everyone was outraged over this. And then they go hire Drew Gooden, who was a wizard for like a, a hot ten seconds. And then they said, "Oh yeah, he's he's a wizard." You know, it just made no sense. And then you look at all the other broadcast teams throughout the entire DC area. Obviously, the Redskins are, or the, excuse me, the Washington football team. I'm going to keep saying that. I, I mean, it's just going to happen. It's all right. Uh, it's the all right. Washington football team 
you don't really, you know, have a, a premier broadcast team for them because, yeah, you did have, you know, Larry Michael and all that kind of stuff uh, before on the radio, but no one really listened to Redskins or, jeez, Redskins, WFT teams. To, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to keep gonna fine up. you like 50 <laughs> cents every time just, you just, say it. Just do it. Maybe put it in a little jar or something. Um, and, uh, you know, they had their whole entire spiel uh, with the radio, but no one really listened to those games on the radio. But when you look at the Nats games, obviously the radio guys, Charlie Slows, uh, and um, and see, we haven't heard a Nats game forever. And uh, Dave Jagler, that whole entire broadcast crew is great. The, the TV side is a whole different story. We already know about that. Uh, but then you look at the Caps. I mean, the Caps have a great broadcast for the TV and the radio, and then all of a sudden you see the Wizards, and no one cares because there's literally nothing. I mean, no one listens to Wizards games on, on the radio, let's be honest here. But I mean, Hey, don't just, knock just my guys, that. Dave Johnson and uh, Glenn Conson. They're not bad. They're, they're not they're bad, better, but the problem... They're better than the guys on TV. Well, that's for sure. I think we could do better with our eyes closed, oh, not even looking at the game. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's just embarrassing. I mean, the, the the product for the broadcast and the product on the court is just not as good. And just like you were saying, I mean, they had some hype around this team. Thomas Bryant going down, that pretty much solidified our chances uh, of doing anything because he was the one semi-bright spot, uh, you know, behind uh, Robin Lopez, the mop, uh, running around there. It's just like... I don't even know, man. It's just like, why do we watch this team? Why do we ha- look at the tweets about the broadcast that just is so terrible? It just makes no sense to me, and it just, it's just, it's just embarrassing to be honest with you. But like you said, I mean, there are certain good reasons to look at some of these brighter young stars, Garrison Matthews, and so on and so forth. But you look at them, and it's just like they traded some pieces, but they didn't trade a big piece, so it didn't really help us. And it's just. I don't even know, man. I I don't. I honestly don't watch them unless I have money on it, which I did right. a couple of days ago, and uh, they they lost me money because they only scored eighty seven against the Mavs. But my parlay was already kaput at that point. But who cares? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because um, you want to support the local team, and uh, this team for for years. I think you know a lot of people were all in in the the John Wall years where this team was actually was like playoff contending and and was a good squad and we're winning meaningful games. Um, I think, you know, the, the hype was there back then. And, and I think just the past years or so, it just it's just lethargic. I mean, nobody is interested. I mean, you got Bradley Beal putting up 31 a game. He's doing unbelievable things on the court. And people just don't right. really care because the Wizards are just so bad. Um, but you're right. I mean, as far as uh, reasons why anyone should still be watching this team, one guy you and I both are really high on and, um, you know, if you are a casual Wizards fan, the guy to, to be rooting for is, of course, Rui Hachimura, um, who is putting together a strong season. I mean, right now averaging 14.2 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, uh, an assist or so. His, his uh, player efficiency rating is pretty good there. Um, and, you know, of late, he had a couple nice games. You mentioned the one on Tuesday. He put up 30 ga- points. On Monday, he put up 26 um, you know, against the Knicks last week, he put up 21. So he's putting up the numbers, especially in Beal's absence. Um, his game is really developing well. He had a nice dunk the other night uh, in the Pistons game. So, you know, he is a bright spot. I mean, he's 23, and he was drafted back in 2019 as the ninth pick. And I'll say, out of all the draft picks that we've done uh, over the years, I feel like Rui is living up to the hype at least. Like he's got that trajectory as far as like, all right, he was he was pretty decent to start with, and now here in his, I guess his second year or whatever it comes out to, um, mm-hmm. he's he's doing well. I mean, fourteen and five, fourteen and almost six per game. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty solid. 
Yeah, and then for his draft position, like you mentioned, he's not one of those top like three guys that like okay, you expect them to go out there and average a double double. But the good thing is that he's actually getting some good post presence for once that the Wizards have yet to have in the last decade or even more. I mean, the last post presence I remember is like Brendan Haywood, uh, you know, which was years ago, and he was hardly a post presence for us. But at the same time, you're looking at it and just saying this is just something that you have to look at as a positive because Rui Hachimura is yes, he he was good in college. He was on those Gonzaga teams, which you know a Gonzaga player can either be a complete sh- uh, you know a, com- a complete show in the NBA, or it can be a complete bust. And that's the biggest thing is that you're looking at someone like Adam Morrison from Gonzaga. I mean, he lit it up in college, and all of a sudden he just flared out in the entire NBA. Uh, not to mention, I saw an article about him like not too long ago that he really smelled. Um, but that was just kind of something funny. You know, he's Anyways, doing uh, <laughs> he's doing uh, color commentary for the radio Gonzaga radio. Uh, for the oh. broadcast, so he was on. Uh, I saw on Twitter one of the calls of the game when they hit the game winner. He was the the analyst for the broadcast. So there you go, a little Adam Morrison news for you. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Little Adam. Little, yeah. Like a lot of people care. Um, <laughs> remember when he was on that. the Lakers? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I just remember that they said. I even remember back in the day they said that. No one wanted to sit next to him because he had like such bad bo and stuff like this. It was like some weird stuff about that guy. Then his mustache and all this. I mean, Jesus, whatever. Um, but yeah, Rui Hachimura, four, just like you said, fourteen and six. And obviously, he's had some of those games that have been just like duds. And everyone's going to have a dud game every now and then. I mean, Russ the other day, even though I think Russ is, is just you know is basically running you know low on the on the tank here because he's just leaned on so much with Beal out. I mean, the other day he had like I think he had sixteen points and like he didn't even get a double double, which is which is shocking without Bradley Beal in the lineup. But Rui Hachimura is still progressing in his career. He's played 40 games so far um, besides the injury, and he started all those games playing 31 minutes. But at the same time, you got to look at him and say, okay, he's progressing. Hopefully he can be that guy that can come in there um, you know, in the next, say, five, six years and progress to maybe a fringe all-star type. I just think that they still need to get that post presence. I mean, Robin Lopez, I mean, half the time he can't even you know, lay it in the hoop. I mean, it's like, come on, man. But it's just like... They just don't have anybody. I mean, Thomas Bryant is going to be that fringe guy. That that is he going to be good? Is he not going to be good? Because we haven't seen anything too much. We've seen more so of his uh, outrages and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, let's be honest here. I just think that, like you said, Rui Hachimura is he, he's progressing into one of those guys that um, can be a good player for this team year in and year out. But we have to see a little bit more from him, obviously, with uh, some of these games that he's been, uh, you, know, you know, playing really well. The good thing is that he did have that season high of 30 points uh, not too long ago, and he's kind of averaging uh, in, in the upward trend, which is really good for us, I think, for the future. You mean our prayers weren't answered when we got Daniel Gafford from Chicago? That- you know what's funny about that <laughs> is that I saw I saw that and I and I saw it. They were like, "Oh man, he had he had like 15 rebounds or whatever in his first game, and then all of a sudden now he's hurt." So it's like, okay, great. Um, but it was uh, it was pretty funny when I saw that because uh, I was like, "Who? I don't even know who that guy is." I've um, only <laughs> I only know him from playing NBA 2K because he'll be the guy that when you're doing like a fantasy draft in the video game, he'll be like your last pick because you just need a body. <laughs> you just need a body on your team, and you're like, "There's nobody left. I'm just gonna pick Daniel Gafford." He's he's the guy you st- you sim the draft, and you're like, "All right, who who do they sim for me?" I was like, "Okay, this guy." <laughs> he's the guy you send down to the G League immediately after <laughs> drafting. So Daniel Gafford, that was the big move. Way to go, Tommy Shepard. Um, Great. 
Uh, well, speaking of kind of young guys and speaking of kind of some of the, the holes in this team, I guess that leads into the other reason that somebody could possibly watch this team, is, and that's playing for the draft. And, and you know, it's one of those things, and we talked about it in the past, I think in our, our last episode about, all right, do you want the Wizards to, to go for the playoffs or do you want them to tank? And you and I, I feel like, are in the same boat where we, we kind of want this team to, to bring in somebody in this loaded draft class, and, um, and it's better to do that than be the 10 seed or be the, you know, just finish outside of the playoffs at 11 spots. So might as well um, get a good draft picks. And right now, Tankathon, which is a site Mike and I love to use to look at draft positions and mock drafts and things like that. Right now, they have uh, the Wizards taking Jalen Johnson, the, the small forward out of Duke. Um, small forward slash power forward. He plays both. 6'9", freshman. Um, didn't play a ton this season. I think he played like 11 games, and I think he sat out. Um, so he only averaged about 11 points per game and six rebounds. That's who they have him get. But if you look at some of the options that may fall, and keep in mind, draft position can change. And so if we're looking for another post presence to go along with Rui, you know, you've got a guy like Scotty Barnes from Florida State. Um, if you can somehow get Evan Mobley to fall to you from USC, there's a center. But then again, you think about it, you still have Thomas Bryant going on. If he's healthy, then you could still have this Bryant and Hachimura. So, in that stage, you could possibly get a Jalen Green from the G League or Jonathan Kaminga. So there's some options for the Wizards. Mike, are any of these guys on the list, are there any guys that you have kind of circled where you're like, man, I would love if this guy falls to us, or, man, the Wizards should just snap this guy up, um, you know, you know that, that maybe like a guy like James Book Knight or Corey Kispert, that those guys are probably going to fall a little lower than you'd necessarily have to, but... Right. Are those guys that you want to just snag if they're there, you know? Well, don't forget about my boy, our parents, Sen- Sengun. Oh, from, yeah. Uh, I forgot you've got his jersey. Pasiktas. Yeah, I knew you got that Pasiktas jersey. Is that a team or is it a country? I have no idea. It is certainly not a country. I don't know what that is. from Turkey. He's from Turkey. Oh, he's from Turkey. Okay, great. Well, we like the international guys. Yeah, you're a big Thanksgiving fan. So. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, I love the match chairs and gravy. Uh, twenty-five points and eleven boards. That guy apparently is is, is great. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see how he he fares in the draft. But I mean, if they can get lucky and get an Evan Mobley, I'll take that all day because you know he's seven foot. He he's got some you know some girth to him to the point where he's not just like a bowl bowl type guy who is who weighs one hundred seventy-five pounds. You know, and is like eight foot tall. I mean, he's got some muscle to him, which is good. Right now, the Pistons are are getting him in in the mock draft, but I don't really know. The problem is, is that with with the March Madness this year and then COVID happening. I mean, just like you said, Jalen Johnson. We didn't really see too much of him, especially then a lot of these guys. You see them in the tournament. That's how I knew about who Kemba Walker was. I never watched UConn games, but in the tournament, I picked UConn to win that year because Kemba Walker was playing for them for them, and he just ran train on every single person in the tournament ended up winning the championship for him so that's where you see a lot of these guys in the tournament but like we said didn't see duke didn't see kentucky didn't see a lot of these teams i mean kate cunningham he didn't perform well in the tournament so on so forth where obviously you saw jalen suggs uh you know do what he did last night but at the same time it's like we don't need a guard and i feel like this is a really kind of guard small forward like a like a kind of like a two and three uh type position uh, draft at least in the top where we're going to be picking for the most part but the problem with the wizards is that we always always get you know the eighth pick or the ninth pick and you know not saying Rui's a bad pick i mean i just i just said it a second ago that he he's he can be a possible uh you know fringe all-star type player but we need somebody that's going to be like an evan mobley or a cade cunningham or someone that's going to be that top thing 
but we don't have that pick. We never get it. So it's like <laughs> I think Jalen Johnson, I mean, his stats for however many games he played, pretty much 19 points and 10 boards is pretty good, but he's still one of those guys, okay, 6'9", 220, and it's like I, I just want somebody who's going to be like a Nikolai Jokic kind of kind of guy or Jokic or however you know he wants to pronounce it. But um, that's the thing is I want someone like that. Like Kispert, okay, he's pretty good, but it's another small forward. We just need somebody to protect the glass, and that's what's really been – irking me over the last like I said like decade is that we just haven't had that presence underneath to the point where we have guards but we just never can get that post presence who can you know go in there and average I mean like like a uh, Clint Capella for the for the Hawks I want somebody like that I don't care if he only gets 12 points if the guy gets 27 rebounds a night that's what I want because I don't want these guys that are just going to be you know passing the ball on the perimeter the entire time because yeah we can score 130 points but everyone's just going to be like Gonzaga and score 58 points in the paint and the first half it just it kind of pisses me off at that point but I'm hoping that we can get someone like Evan Mobley but uh at at the same time if we get Jalen Johnson if he's if he's that type of player I mean I'm not going to be too you know too ecstatic about it but I'm not going to be upset about it yeah and there's some guy there's some other talent I mean again the G it's kind of weird because they have the G League team where these guys aren't playing college hoops but they're playing the G League so you and it's like who's really sitting down and watching the G League so you don't really get to see as much as of of Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga but everything that I've heard and read about them is they are studs uh, especially Jalen Green so if he did somehow fall down to the Wizards that would be nice but the only reason why I'm I'm okay on Corey Kispert is the fact that you know he is a senior so he's a little bit older than some of these other guys um, and he you know he's kind of more of a leader and and maybe this Wizards team um, you know, maybe you need a guy like that to come in who's already mature can and can shoot pretty well and can get to the hoop and, and just can kind of bring that. But I'm with you. If you if this team's able to get a Scotty Barnes or uh, even Jalen Johnson, I'll be happy. I mean, the the key I think with this draft is if Tommy Shepard drafts an overseas prospect. And this is a top ten pick of ours in this year's draft. I think we have to boycott <laughs> the Wizards forever. I mean, honestly, it's just, I just don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do with. I mean, all these I'm telling you, players. he could do it, and he could he could draft an international prospect. And look, are there international prospects that are good? Of course, but the Wizards do not have a great track record with that. So I'd rather uh, I'd rather leave that to the other teams that are actually good at doing that, the Dallas Mavericks of the world, and things like that, at drafting overseas guys, and let the Wizards draft some homegrown talent that can perform. So we'll see. We'll see. What happens? But Wizards fans, you got Rui to root for. You got the draft to root for. Let's move on to the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals. I forget I keep saying it when the guy is going to say it. I feel bad. <laughs> we, we got him to record it, and then now I'm just saying it for him. But uh, Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals. <laughs> but, yeah, the Washington Capitals, 25-9-4, 54 points, first in the Mass Mutual East. Uh, Mike, this team is just – straight up dominating the season. It's funny. So, you know, I'll, I'll try to catch as many Caps games as I can, but I'll also bounce around right. to the other sports. But I get all the updates to my phone, just like all of us do. And I, I swear, every time, especially in this, this this stretch for this season, is I'll just see, all right, Caps win, Caps win, Caps win. A goal, another goal, another goal, another goal. Uh, I mean, this team is, what did they score, seven the other night or something like that? I, I feel like there was a game recently where they scored like six or seven goals. Um so they're just, uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible what they're doing this season. Uh, they've won five of their last seven. Uh, but the big question with this team comes down to, and the worry, and you and I have talked about this in previous years, and the worry is always, all right, this team is playing so well. They're first place in the division. 
are they peaking too early? Because in the NHL, that means a lot. Uh, as we've seen, and in, in the NHL is one of those kind of interesting sports where a team that may not necessarily be the quote-unquote uh, powerhouse team heading into the playoffs can catch fire and make a run just by getting hot at the right time. Your goalie's standing on his head. He gets hot, and yeah. some of your shooters get hot, and next thing you know, you're in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Caps, where, where are you thinking as far as kind of like, all right, are they peaking too early at this point? And, and that's the thing, too, is just like you mentioned earlier, that they're scoring so many goals. Actually, and I believe it was five in their last eight, they scored at least four, um, which is a lot. I mean, let's be honest here. That's a lot of goals when you start to start to get up in that, that range. Um, and, you know, they haven't got shut out in, geez, I don't think they got shut out in, I'm, I'm just scrolling down now. That's that's. Like, kind of funny thing uh, i haven't seen a single shutout here which is actually really nice but um <laughs> I, I, I thought they got shut out at least once but they didn't uh but overall uh when you're when you're looking at it right now it, i just think that when it comes down to peaking too early this is such a weird season that you can't really say the caps are, are peaking early you can't really say they're um they're struggling they're, they're they're on fire because of the sole fact that they're playing pretty much everyone that is in the surrounding new york area uh <laughs> because they're playing the isles they're playing the rangers they're playing the devils and they're playing buffalo that's pretty much all they're playing right now they haven't played uh anybody besides those teams since the flyers way back maybe geez might be uh, three weeks ago or so uh but th- that's the thing is that you're seeing some of these records against like i said the devils before the devils they, they've beaten the devils i think like eight times or whatever so I just don't think that they're peaking early. I just think that when it comes down to uh, how they're playing right now, they're playing as a cohesive unit. Sam Sonoff is actually, and since he's gotten back, he's been a very big presence in net. Him and Vanacek are doing very well between the pipes. Um, but the defense has, has kind of lacked a little bit as of late. Obviously, besides the Devils games, uh, they kind of struggled against the Isles, letting in eight. And then the Rangers, the game before that, letting in five. So right there, that's 13 goals in two games, which is not something you want to see. Um, but overall, you're seeing them against the Rangers in the previous other games, uh, only letting in two in two games, which is nice too. So when they're on that huge win streak, uh, they were scoring a lot of goals, and their defense was playing as a cohesive unit as well. So I just think when it comes down to it, it's not really a peaking thing because of, like I said, the teams that they're playing right now. But you got to look at other teams in the in the Eastern Conference, such as the Lightning, such as the Canes. Uh, and, you know, those are the type of teams that you really need to look at and say, are we going to match up well with them? Are we going to be able to, uh, you know, sustain this kind of uh, presence with those type of teams that are really good? Uh, we'll have to see. But, I mean, look, look at the, the Maple Leafs as well. The Maple Leafs are, 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 are a dominant force as well, so we don't know how, how we fare against them. It's just when it comes down to it, I just think that you have to look at this and say, I don't think they're peaking early. I just think that it's, they're, they're just on a steady course because they're used to the teams they're playing right now. It's not like you're going on a West Coast swing in the California region and you know playing the Sharks and playing the Kings and so on and so forth and kind of getting out of that mojo. You're in those, th- those realms right now where you're actually playing uh, at a good pace and some of these other teams just can't really figure, figure, figure you out uh, on a daily basis. They, they might get you once or twice, but at the same time, the caps are just rolling right now. And I just think that there's, you know, I think they're just staying on, staying the course, and they're they're, they're playing like they, they they usually do. Laviolette is playing uh, a, a great role as as the new uh, headman. Uh, but at, overall, I just think that they're just playing so well right now, and they're just as one cohesive unit, just rolling down the tracks. And we're just waiting for the playoffs because, like I said, we don't know how we're going to match up with those other teams. Yeah, I mean, the key with the Caps right now is trying to keep everybody healthy as much as possible. 
right. uh, not letting the, the the foot off the gas pedal. You know, you want to prep for the playoffs. This clearly seems like it's going to be a playoff team. I mean, we've talked about it on the show that this is. I mean, we can almost. I don't want to say guarantee it, but it's like all right. It's it's gonna. It's pretty much gonna happen. But at the same time, you don't want them to let that get in their heads, and the next thing you know, they let the let the foot off the gas pedal a bit. They maybe pick up some bad losses late in the year, and then next thing you know, you've you've lost the momentum heading into the playoffs. You've lost what you've been building all season long, and that's going to be key for the Caps. Uh, Alex Ovechkin moves into second place tie on the all time list for NHL power play goals uh, that happened today. So Ovi, he's just doing it again, man. I mean, yep. nineteen goals. On the season um, now, with a with his goal in uh, in the game earlier today, so 19 goals on the year. Uh, Backstrom with 26 assists and 39 points. It's these guys that we are so used to in, here in DC. And Backstrom and Ovechkin. I mean, those are the two of the names of guys that we're just. I mean, besides like guys like Tom Wilson and things like that, it's it's been this core group that's been doing it year after year after year after year. And they continue to operate at such a high level. It's unbelievable, man. I mean, it's unbelievable this team is still so good. Yeah, well, and that's the thing about Backstrom as well is that I think just Backstrom kind of compliments Ovi where Ovi takes a lot of the spotlight, but Backstrom is literally just another all-star that just plays alongside him that no one even thinks about because he's so quiet in how many assists he gets. And that's the thing that I think that people who aren't really um, – you know, in with hockey, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he got an assist. You know, Okay, assists are not that easy to come by, especially the primary assists. You can get, obviously, they have, you know, the the secondary assists, which is kind of like, okay, you're just that guy who passes it. That's why you see sometimes goalies get assists. But it's like Backstrom, with his numbers that he puts in there, I mean, he's literally up there with, with some of the greats in this last decade because of the sole fact of how the numbers uh, shine in his presence when he actually goes out there. And he's not just hitting Ovi all the time. He's leading the team a lot at the center spot. And sometimes he's been moved to the second line. Sometimes he goes to the first line. Ovi really doesn't vary from the first or second line. He usually just goes in the first. But that's the thing is that Backstrom is such a versatile player that no one really looks at as like, oh, he's just a, you know a great player. Oh, he came near you know when Ovechkin came around. And it's just like, I just think when it comes down to it, He's someone that everyone overlooks, but if you're kind of a Caps insider, you just know how valuable he is to this team, and that's why uh, when he got hurt, I believe it was last year in the playoffs, that's what really hurt them in that first round when he got hurt in the first, I think it was a game, first game or second game, I forgot when it was, uh, but he's just so detri- uh, um, instrumental, not detrimental, instrumental when it comes to how this team flows, that you have to have that guy on the ice, uh, hopefully at all times, just like you said, trying to trying to keep them as as uh, healthy as possible because that's the biggest thing when it comes down to the, the last 17 games or so that they have going on here you might want to think about giving a guy a day or two off uh, rather than trying to you know keep them pumping because if you give them a couple days off uh, here or there in the last 17 games that could help them going into the playoffs we shall see yeah you want those light legs heading into the playoffs that's right, for sure right. you, something you and I know nothing about having light well hey hey your uh, your Detroit Red, Red Wings I have to give a shout out to your Red Wings today uh, they, uh, <laughs> they, they they lost my parlay uh, thanks a lot for them uh, beating up on the on the lightning five to one. They're that good. Really they're good me. for one of those every couple weeks. They'll pull <laughs> out one on of those them. types of wins. <laughs> uh, from uh, the hockey team now to the ball field, we're going to cover real briefly the other team in DC here, the Washington Nationals. I, I, I let him say it this time. <laughs> All right, with the Nats, because the season uh, is continued to be delayed, as I mentioned, Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post uh, came out with some tweets today mentioning that four players 
have tested positive, seven more are in quarantine, and two staff members are in quarantine. Um, th- th- that was the big question over the past couple of days where it was like, all right, well, what are the numbers? Who actually, how many guys tested positive or not? Um, so that's the most recent data. Is So you got four guys that are positive COVID-19. Um, the rumors are, you know, you've got, um, you know, guys like Alex Avila, uh, who was one of the catcher that they signed um, from the Twins, uh, that he is going to be out. I think like I think I saw like John Lester or, or somebody like that. So there's there's three or four guys that are going to be definitely out. Um, and uh, you got seven more right now in quarantine. So the question was, all right, when are they going to be playing meaningful baseball? It was originally going to be Monday. Now Ken Rosenthal comes out and says, hopefully it'll be made up on Tuesday. We are recording this pad- podcast on Sunday, the 4th. So there may be new information out if you're listening to this on Monday, but seems like everything's pointing towards a Tuesday start. So we'll finally get to see the Washington Nationals play baseball again. Um, this has been annoying. It's been frustrating. I mean, Mike, right. I know you've been frustrated as well. It's hard to get geared up. I mean, there, there's there's something really special about baseball opening day um, uh, versus all the other sports. For some reason, baseball opening day just means something a little bit different. I, I guess maybe because it is, quote-unquote, opening day, so there's games happening all day long, um, starting at like 1 o'clock, uh, and so if you're working, you, 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 you sneak your phone up and, and watch the games or on your computer or whatever. And the Nats, because they've been so good, they've been getting some primetime spots. I mean, I think they had the ESPN opening night game last year, and then it got rained out halfway through uh, against yeah. the Yankees. And then this year, it was going to be Nats-Mets, DeGrom-Scherzer, ESPN, and they get COVID. Um, so it's, it's frustrating, man. We haven't been able to see this team. We've been talking about this team for the last – five months or so, and we have been able to see them play, and we still don't necessarily know if we'll see them on Tuesday. And that's just, it's just, it's so frustrating as a fan. Yeah, and I, I heard you say Ken Rosenthal. It looks like Buster Olney also said that uh, the game on Monday has been postponed as well. So it's pretty much, uh, you know, official now that they're not going to be playing the Braves, which would be nice to play the Braves right now because they're just laying eggs all over the field against the Phillies. But like like you said, opening day is just a different different thing. Okay, you got your ace on the hill going against the other team's ace. Uh, the Nats obviously had the seven seven o'clock prime time spot, and we we were gonna get be able to see some of these new guys. Possibly, hopefully, Brad Hand. We we're gonna see them as the Nats, you know, held a lead late or something like that. Um, you know, Juan Soto, Kyle Schwarber, Starling Castro. I mean, this is a whole new lineup from say two years ago when you're looking at. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, obviously. Starling Castro was you know, here last year, but he got hurt a little bit later in the season. Josh Harrison possibly might start. We'll see. Uh, and Josh Bell, who I'm most excited to see, obviously, this year uh, because I think that he's going to be uh, just lighting the, the the ballpark on fire by hitting 35 bombs, hopefully, you know, across your fingers. But I just think that when it comes down to it, like you said, opening day is a different feeling because you're sitting there and you're just like, man, baseball is back baby baseball is back we get to see the prime time uh players even if they they play at noon or one or whatever it may be you're still hyped up you're still checking your phone left and right when you're at work and then hopefully you can catch the last two or three innings when you get home but that's the biggest thing is that you're just pumped up for it and now now we're just like all right we've got another covid thing it was just like last year when soto got like the first seven games of the season uh or whatever kind of season they had last year right you know, they're like, Soto's out for seven games. We're like, okay, great. Our best player is out for, for half the season, basically, because they only play in 10 games. It's just like, it just made no sense. And now we're looking at this whole entire thing. And, you know, I'm looking at their depth chart right now, and there's a lot of day-to-days on here, left and right. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't think those are the guys that they're they're talking about because they haven't released that information. But 
I just think that this national squad is like a turning of the page, you could say, because some of these guys, like I said, were are new, but you also got Max Scherzer, you know, possibly moving on. We don't know if he's going to get resigned, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of questions coming into the season, and I think that this is going to be a season that's going to be like you know, answering a lot of the what ifs, you know, uh, when it comes down to uh, how this team performs, then the trade deadline, different things of that nature. Because some of these guys, if they don't perform, then we're probably going to be out of the race uh, from the heavy uh, NL East that they got this year with a lot of the teams uh, surprising us, uh, like the Marlins coming out as well. But I just think when it comes down to it, it's just not fun to see your team on the sidelines. And, I mean, uh, th- think about it. Our team is already, uh, you know, behind in the standings. We haven't even set foot on the diamond yet. Right. Uh, it's, it's like we're, we're a game and a half back of the Phillies, and we haven't even sniffed uh, uh, the pine tar yet. So it's just like you look at it, and you're just like, this is not fun. But hopefully when it comes down to brass tacks, everyone is safe. And hopefully, um, you know, our players can get healthy and they can get this thing under control so we can start seeing some baseball. Hopefully, uh, like you said, Tuesday, but at the latest by this coming weekend. I mean, there's teams that will probably have played five games by the time the Nats play one. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. and well, this is like the Dallas Stars situation. Right, Dallas right. Stars no, you're exactly NHL. right. They, they didn't play for like two months, it felt like. And then my buddy's a Stars fan, and he was like, well, we haven't played, you know, these two teams yet and we're apparently playing eight games in eight days so it's and, like, and that's the worry that's the worries because baseball yep, yep. is already a grind i mean there's usually games almost every single day um and the breaks are really important in baseball because mm-hmm. it gives guys a chance to rest and if you already get behind the eight ball now now this creates opportunity where are you going to have to stuff some because again with the double header rules this year again it will be seven inning double headers so are you going to have to stuff a couple of those seven inning double headers in a weekend and are you going to have to um, lose an off day uh, to squeeze to go fly to Atlanta to play one off yeah. game you know that sort of stuff so that's the worry that's the worry I have is because there's guys on this team that are fragile I mean, guys like Steven Strasburg. Uh, you got a guy like Max Scherzer who's getting up there in age. You've got guys here that you just worry about um, the wear and tear and, and, and possible traveling and squeezing games in and the bullpen for sure. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I just want to touch on briefly what's going on in the NL East. Um, as you mentioned, Mike, uh, I think the Braves 0-3 to start the year. So the Phillies spanked them uh, three straight yeah. games. Um, they, uh, a six-run differential in the series. Um, so picked up three wins, our old pal Bryce Harper, um, of course, in Philadelphia. So, yeah, the Phillies uh, with three wins. And then I was watching uh, – I didn't tune into as much of the Phillies at Braves series except for the fact that Pablo Sandoval is still playing baseball um, for the Atlanta <laughs> Braves. And he hit a – He's not starting, is he? He hit a two-run bomb for the Atlanta – he started for the Atlanta Braves on opening day and hit a two-run wow. home run. Um, so that's incredible. Because uh, I think you and I are in better shape than Pablo Sandoval. Uh, I think we were better in shape than him 10 years that's ago. That's true. Uh, so I didn't catch as much of that series, but I did bounce around a lot to the Marlins-Rays, the Battle of Florida. C- kind of a wild series, honestly. Um, I mean, if you think about it, uh, I mean, the the Marlins scored 16 runs in this series, and they gave up yeah. 14, and they lost two of the three games. Um, so the, a lot of weird high-scoring games, a lot of uh, leads lost late. The Marlins are... Not the Marlins of old where they used to be completely unwatchable. Now they've at least have some young talent. They've got this guy, Jazz Chisholm. He's got blue hair, um, and he's a beast. They got some other they got some really uh talented young pitchers, some Sandy Alcantara, um, and some of these other guys. So Marlins are a team that 
I guess the fun thing for us, Mike, as Nats fans, because we play the NL East team so much throughout a season, because right. in years past, it's like, all right, am I really going to watch the Marlins game? Like, maybe I got something <laughs> else to watch. But or this... you get pissed off because they lose one to the Marlins. Oh, well, yeah, that, that, that's very true. But <laughs> with this year, I feel like every division game is going to be so important that for us, I mean, we're going to be loving it. We're going to be loving these division oh, yeah. series because these are all, all five teams are good. I mean, I, there's right. really not a weak link in the bunch this year. There's not one team where you're like, oh, all right, they suck. Uh, they're going to be bad all season. I mean, uh, the Marlins made the playoffs. I know it was a 60-game season, but they made the playoffs last year. So I, I think that makes it fun, though, right? Like, we, we get an opportunity every time, and these teams play each other so many times, that the division games are just going to mean so much more now. Oh, yeah, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, we like to see the competition, and we 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 like not seeing the uh, the expectations be like, oh yeah, the nat the the nat's going to win ninety seven games this year because they play the Marlins, you know, forty times and they're going to win thirty eight of them, uh, and that's that's the biggest thing. It was nice seeing that because you're just like, okay, you know, Scherzer's going out there and throwing BP because th- this team sucks, but at the same time, you're looking at it and just thinking. This is going to be fun to watch because there's some premier pitching in this in this division. There's some big bats in this division. I think uh, at least the Mets and the Braves have made some uh, some big moves in the offseason as well. Uh, so I think we're just going to see a lot of these teams come out there um, in the NL East and and, and put up a, a put up a show. I mean, you're going to see some of these games where you know Philly scores 12 runs and then all of a sudden they throw a dud the next game because you, you, they're seeing a stud pitcher uh, every other day. I think we also talked about. How the Nats and how their uh, their 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 uh, uh, I'm trying to think the starting rotation possibly uh, is one of the best in the major leagues and the other teams that we're looking at are some teams like the Phillies or like the Mets uh, you know ma- mainly the Mets I should say uh, who have, who have the other best rotations in, in in the league so when you're looking at it I think that you know we're lucky to see these many good games and it's going to be a fight every single day so i'm just hoping that the nats players when they get back on the diamond are going to be ready for that grind because you're looking at it and right now the good thing is is that our opening series was was against the mets so the mets are in the same bind as we are where they're behind the eight ball now where they have to catch up and and, and get these postponements in and whatnot so hopefully when it comes down to a lot of these different games uh, against the Marlins and against, say, uh, the Braves or so. Or so. Um, I, I can't even pick another team because it's like you know, the Mets don't suck anymore uh, at the same time. But you, hopefully they can they can go out there. And I heard – I mean, I don't, I'm not a big Ryan Zimmerman fan, but he said it one time best. He said, as long as we go out there and win two or three, we'll be fine. So if you go out there and win two or three every single series and have one dud game or whatever, you know, with those big studs, those big horses on the mound, I think they have a good shot to at least make a wild card, if not uh, win the division. So we shall see what happens. I know. I'm ready for the Trey Turner versus Francisco Lindor debates for the next, like, four or five years because he's going to be – Lindor got that big cash uh, big cash extension, so he's going to be around for a long time. So we're going to be seeing him right. in a Mets uniform forever. And then, there's, of course, there's already the Acuna versus Soto debate within the division. So there's just so much – uh, so many great storylines in the NL East, and I'm just ready for it to get started. I mean, that's what we want. We want things to get started. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, obviously, we'll be talking Nats on the show more when they actually are playing baseball games. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, let's get into the forecast as far as what's on the schedule this week for the teams, uh, starting with the Wizards. 
They got the game against Toronto on Monday, so it's it's all four road games this week. So this will they got a, they got a road stretch. This is going to be horrible. So they head to Toronto <laughs> now. The Raptors, the Orlando Raptors, or the Tampa Bay Raptors, really, because uh, that's where they're playing this season. Uh, the Raptors are not great, so that's a winnable game. I feel like against Toronto, and then you've got Orlando, new faces in Orlando. We'll see, uh, and then you got Golden State, who's like a good bad team, and then you've got Phoenix. So. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday is the stretch for the Wiz. Mike, what does the Caps schedule look like this week? So the Caps have the Isles on Tuesday. And so they got a nice little stretch here of, of tough games that they have coming up. So we're going to really see what they're they're made of here in the last 17 games, which is a good thing because we don't see the, the, the Devils you know, every single day now because the Devils are just awful. Um, and by the way, I saw uh, the other night when uh, Orlov hit that, that nice wrister to win it in overtime. P.K. Subban's uh, face literally looked like he just wanted to, you know, <laughs> get, get, get punched in the face because of how upset he was. <laughs> he was just like, are you serious? Like, we cannot beat this team, and I'm on one of the worst teams in the NHL. So, sorry for P.K. Subban and and, uh, and his whole entire, um, you know, outlook on life right now. Uh, the Caps are at the Isles on Tuesday. They're home against Boston on Thursday, and they got a back-to-backer. They have to travel to Buffalo, which is a good thing to have a back-to-backer and play Buffalo's second because Buffalo's awful. Uh, and then they have at Boston again on Sunday. So that's going to be a nice little stretch, uh, two against Boston and one against the Isles. See if they can bounce back on Tuesday against the Isles from their last 8-4 to four loss against them. Uh, but like I said, the last 17 games, we're going to be playing some of these teams that are fighting for those playoff positions, not like you know the, the Devils or the, the Sabres. Uh, but the good thing about the Caps is that we have a nice little test. So maybe they can use this as kind of like a tune-up for the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, for the Caps, the key is don't go on a losing streak. It's right, okay right. to go like 500, you know, win a game, lose a game, you know, things like that, but do yeah. not go on a losing streak. And then for the Nats, the schedule ahead, we don't really know. Maybe Tuesday yeah. against the Braves, and then there supposedly is a Dodgers weekend series on the way as well, which should be another big primetime game. So uh, I guess the best way to figure out what's going on with the Nats is following on Twitter. Um, and, of course, you can always follow us, the DC Crossover. Let's get into the final lap. 90 seconds of quick analysis on big stories in sports. <laughs> and here we go. Gonzaga over UCLA deemed one of the best tourney games ever. Mike, agree or disagree? One of the best agree, not the best. Okay, okay. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. One of the best, not the best. The White Sox, your mean Mercedes goes eight for eight in his first MLB at bats. Are you impressed, Mike? I'm just more impressed of his last name, Mercedes. He's he's got our bodies, Mike. <laughs> I'll tell you. You look him up. He's got he's got our body. He could be a podcaster. The oh, okay. Bucks, the Bucks extend Drew Holiday for a four-year, $135 million extension. I believe it's got incentives up to $160 million. He's gonna be a buck there for a while, along with Giannis. Uh, do you like the move? From the box, I mean, he's he's a good player, so it's a lot of money. So hopefully they can uh, re-sign Giannis uh, for the next two decades, but that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's not your money, so it's all right. <laughs> no, nope. Jordan Spieth wins the Texas Open. This is his first victory since 2017. Is it good to see the Spiefter back in uh, the mix? Uh, he definitely has been playing good as of late. The only issue is that this field basically had numbers in it. So we'll have to see uh, what happens this week at the Masters in Augusta. Who the hell's watching the Texas Open? Uh, I did not. The Red Sox <laughs> lose three straight to the O's at Fenway. This is the second time ever that they've lost 
all their opening games at home at Fenway. Pretty wild. Are you are you happy for the O's? I love the O's, even though the O's don't like us. That's true. They, they, but shout out to our boy Joe Deck. Um, and then I'll, I'll just wrap things up with Michael A. Taylor, our old pal, batting four sixty two with two bombs and six RBI for the Royals to start the season. Are you happy for Big Matt? I'm I'm happy for him. I'm I'm more happy for the the Royals to see him, uh, you, know, you know, thrive for a little bit before he goes and hits two forty. The Royals are putting up. <laughs> <laughs> runs man now they're playing oh, yeah. one of the worst teams in the leagues in texas rangers but these games are insane i mean it was 14 10 the other night they're putting up like eight plus runs a game i mean it's been a wild series to follow and michael a taylor ripping the cover off the baseball there was a there was i believe on opening day you had michael a taylor hit a home run uh you had as dribble cabrera for arizona hit a home run and then you had adam eaton now in the white Sox uniform hit a home run so three former nats all teeing off while the Nats are still at home eating chips on the couch, waiting to play baseball. So um, it's tough to see. It's tough to see. Uh, let's get to a little uh, little gambling action here. We got a brand new uh, name for this segment, Mike. Why don't you let the people know? Because you came up with it. Give you, I'll give so, you the props. So I was putting in my parlays earlier today, and I was like, you know what? Because we couldn't do the spreads for our podcast, because we do it the weekly podcast, because we can't do spreads, let's just call it the money line. Because if we're going to go with a lock and an upset, you just put money on the money line. Then you can see if you win or lose with me uh, and Ben. So that's the biggest thing. I should say I say lose with me because I lose a lot. Um, but overall, the first week, uh, Ben almost went perfect for a 2-0 and start with his upset pick, the Knicks over the Nets, uh, a couple weeks ago when we recorded last. But uh, the Nets almost uh, lost one there, Ben, for your upset. But the Knicks, uh, they ended up beating up the next, like, five opponents. So you yeah. almost got it. Yeah, it was close. I, it was close. But, you know, one and one to start the year. You and I are both one and one with our picks. I, I feel good with that. I feel like, you know, it makes yeah. sense. Um, but uh, we've got, again, if, if this is your first time listening, Mike and I give a lock and we give an upset um, of the week. So, Mike, I'll let you go first here. Give me your right. give me your lock and give me your upset, whichever in whichever order you would like. All right, Saron's picks of the week. My lock would be Garrett Cole of the Yankees recording a win over the Baltimore Orioles, who are just on a tear apparently. Uh, and <laughs> I think Garrett Cole is going to stymie uh, the O's for this one. Uh, and on, I forgot when that game is. I believe it's on Tuesday. Yeah, I think it's the Tuesday game. Yeah. Yeah. So Garrett Cole uh, records a win. So that's a player prop for a lock. So go and check that one out. I believe it's probably going to be. Uh, I don't know, maybe minus 200 or so for a money line, but uh, it's not out yet that I can see. But I think Garrett Cole records a win against the O's. And my upset pick is the Memphis Grizzlies, the young Memphis Grizzlies over the Miami Heat on Tuesday. Miami Heat have won four straight, uh, and I know they've won four straight because I bet on them three of the last four games they've played. Uh, but overall, <laughs> uh, I think the Grizzlies will take down the Heat on Tuesday. Okay, okay, I like it, I like it. I mean... I am also kind of on the same wavelength thinking about that Orioles-Yankees series for some reason. <laughs> um, and I'm saying my upset is the Orioles over the Yankees on Wednesday. John Means um, will get the W. He means business. And uh, he looked great <laughs> in his first start on opening day. He's like one of the shining stars on that pitching staff, along with guys like Matt Harvey is still playing, and he is pitching for the Baltimore Orioles, which is incredible. Is he, really? he is. And Felix Hernandez is on the Orioles as well. Um, so there you Jeez go. Louise. They made some moves. They made some moves. But yeah, I'm going to say Orioles over Yankees on Wednesday. That's going to be my upset. Yankees, keep in mind, Yankees are one and two. I mean, they lost two to the Blue Jays. 
Um, yeah. And uh, the Orioles are red hot coming off of a road series. But I do think the Garrett Cole game is going to be a win for the Yanks just because Garrett Cole is unbelievable. But I think the next night, the Wednesday game, that's my that's my upset. And then my lock, Monday evening, Gonzaga over Baylor. I have said to you on the texts and things at the very beginning of college <laughs> basketball season, I said it is going to be Gonzaga and it is going to be Baylor in the championship game. That is what has happened, and Gonzaga is going to beat Baylor and finally do the damn thing and win the title as they I should, sure not. <laughs> as they should, and go have a perfect season. Uh, and that's 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 what I'm saying. And I know you don't want that because you got some you got some other bets in play. If if Baylor wins, I win like over 500 bucks. So. You know, if Gonzaga wins, I'll be a little salty. A little if salty Gonzaga pretzel. wins, I'll send you a coupon for like a chicken sandwich from from McDonald's or something <laughs> like that. Oh, great! Which oh, I did. Fantastic. I did taste as well. I know I got your review. Oh, you but tried it? I did try it. I did try it. I didn't love it, but it was better than I thought it was going to. be. Right, right, right. Was, was yours? Was yours crispy at all? Uh not really. Not really. It should. It, right. I, w- I was hoping for more. I was hoping for for a crispier. But I'll say the chicken tasted better than you'd think from, especially from McDonald's. Um, it didn't really have the sauce it was supposed to have. It was supposed to have some right. sort of aioli or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> but uh, it did have the pickles and some uh, aioli. Yeah, a little aioli action. But uh, it wasn't. It wasn't as good as I was hoping. Uh, or sorry, it was better than what I thought it was going to be. But it right. still is right. not. It's not a Chick Fil A. It's not a Popeyes. Did you Did you get it when uh, I told you to with the buy one get one free? No, I, I just did it. I threw it on an Uber Eats order and uh. just threw it in the mix. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a few too many beverages last night, and I had a uh, eleven o'clock uh, Taco Bell Uber Ooh, Eats delivery. Nice, yeah. Being on paternity leave makes you not want to leave the house, so I uh, do a lot of Uber Eats, but got uh, got hooked up with some gift cards for that uh, as a little birth gift. So uh, not not having to spend a lot of my own money, which is nice. Well, <laughs> here's the funny thing: before we end the show here, um, I had a little experience with the Uber Eats uh, delivery driver last night, so. Obviously, my uh, condo complex is gated, so I figured that he would say, "Okay, you know," he'd call me and say, "I can't get in the gate," and I'd let him in the gate or whatever. So he got inside the gate, but then he didn't know where to go after that. And I'm like, "It has building numbers on the buildings, and your GPS should show you where to go." So, uh, but I was I was nice, and I said, "Why don't you go in the garage, bud? You can just put your hazards on when you get to the to the third floor." It says the numbers right there as like you're turning, so it says like the building number, so you know where you're at. I said third floor, you know one two nine three seven, and then just go through that 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 door that's right there on the side, and my 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 front door is literally the first door that you see. And he goes, "All right, third floor, got it." I, and so, so he's and he sits there and starts having a conversation with me, and he's like. So what do you do for a living? Oh, so he like, like stays on the line. Oh yeah, he's like, can you stay on the line with me? I was like, okay. And then oh, he starts asking me God. questions. I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> you just can you come over, hurry up? So um, he ends up saying, so I don't see the door. And I said, you're on the third floor, right? And he's like, no, I'm on the fourth. I said, you just repeated back to me the third floor is where you're supposed <laughs> to go, and you're on the fourth now. He got distracted he like, learning about your life. Uh, yeah, and I was like, I'm a teacher. And he was like, oh, hard times, bud. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Um, and, uh, basically he ended up saying, okay, I'm going to go down to the next level. Cause I told him third, I said, no, it was third, bud. That's what we just discussed. Um, before I, like I said, told you my life story. Um, and, uh, so he goes down and then he keeps me on the phone and he's like, literally, I hear him outside. Like I mute my TV. I hear him outside my door still talking to me on the phone. 
And I see he's like, ah, oh, I got it. Okay, here's the door. Gotcha. Dude, that's just like, too weird. That's just too yeah, weird for me. And then he starts walking out, and I hear the the, the parking garage because the parking garage is attached to my building. And I hear the parking garage door open and close, and he's still talking to me. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, buddy. And I just I, I hung up on him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, come on, man. You you got you got to let me go here. I man. want I've been minimal last... contact with my delivery drivers. I don't even want them to. Oh yeah. I don't want to look in their eyes. I don't want them to look in my eyes. Just drop it on well, my he... porch and run away. He talked yeah, exactly. He talked to me for ten minutes. Yeah, that's. I'm insane. like, dude, like, I'm, I, we're like best friends now. Like, what is this? Well, I just if, didn't get it. If you guys would like to <laughs> deliver Mike some food, reach out to him at Cerrone16 on Twitter. That's right. You can reach out to our show Twitter at the DC Crossover. Um, as always, please subscribe. Please talk about the podcast with your friends. We've got great download numbers. I was really, really happy with them. Um, right. With our return episode, episode fifty-four. So. We are looking to kind of keep the content coming and, and be, go back to a weekly show. So uh, look forward to that. Um, and also, again, keep in tune with The Contender, contender.com. And that's Contender with a K, um, thecontender.com with a K. Uh, and you can check out some of the live uh, sports radio they have on there. And then you'll be having our podcast on there and the app will be coming as well. But just stay tuned with us and we'll, we'll keep you updated as that comes. But uh, shout out to The Contender, of course. And you'll be hearing clips and things like that of us on there if you listen to their programming. Well, Mike, it is about time to wrap things up here um, on uh, the eve of March Madness Championship is coming around the bend. And then college basketball is over and it's just just baseball season and then NBA playoffs. And then next thing you know, it'll be football season again, man. But uh, plenty to talk about in the district and uh, hopefully we'll be talking some baseball next episode. That's all I can say is I just want the Nats to play a game. Um, but uh, any final thoughts here, Mike, before we send things home? Um, well, my uh, my 100% profit boost on DraftKings. I have three of four of my of my parlay that have hit. I'm just waiting for Stephen Curry to actually start doing something in the game against the Hawks because right now I have him uh, scoring over 39.5 uh, points, rebounds, and assists combined. Uh, and right now he only has eight points, and it's almost halftime. So that's great. <laughs> Feeling great about that pick. Thoughts and prayers <laughs> to Steph Curry. Happy Easter. Um, Happy if Easter. you celebrate that, uh, my good people, and have a great week. Uh, and we will be back next week. That is Mike Cerrone, Ben Simpson, and this is the DC Crossover. We'll see you next time.